Hello again. I told you it was going to get louder. Well, boy, just in case, I'm Aaron Cahoon. I'm one of the pastors here. Mike Blankenship, I'm also, wow, that is loud. I'm one of the pastors here also. We um, have been, we're starting off with some new stuff. We're kind of coming into school season uh, for people that have children, but it's kind of a time where we start new series and start new things. And I don't know about you, I, I love summer. I love the summertime. I love sun. I love water, uh, all those types of things. But one of the things I know when coming into the summer is I'm a routine guy. And so routines kind of go by the wayside when summertime comes along. And so I look forward to school time starting so I get back to exercise and get back to eating right. I know sometimes for ourselves, our routine, even our spiritual routine of reading the word and, and praying and all that stuff gets off track during the summertime because we're going all kinds of different directions because I have all kinds of children going all kinds of different directions. But during the school year, the routine sets and it starts to, to level out a little. Yeah, Mike needs his vitamin D and he takes that all in during the summer. You know, I find that this time of year is interesting in transitions. Last week, our community group went up the river kind of uh, throughout the summer months. We tried difficult to get together and to meet regularly, and we were trying to do so, and yet people are coming and going and camps and vacations. And so last week, we went up the river, and uh, we were sitting in the river, and it was gorgeous, mid-80s, and it was kind of nice at the same time that this time of transition is coming. And it was the end of the summer, but it was also the beginning of being back together and of our community group getting rolling in a more consistent schedule. And yet, uh, as we sat 85 degrees, there was leaves falling and fluttering across the river. And I tell you, there's a moment in time that the shadow hit and it hit the group of guys. All the ladies were, well, the kids are in the water, guys are sitting talking, and, and it hit. And, and I leaned over and I was like, I give about three minutes once that shadow hits our group of wives and this shindig is over. And the shadow hit, and guess what? Fall is coming, and we wrapped up real quick, and I was like, it got cold quick, but it was kind of nice to be back to some normalcy and connected with our people. You know, it's been interesting last year. We've, That's for sure. We've been here combined probably about 25 years. He's been here 15. I've been here about 10 years. It's coming up on actually on 10 years, and we've... Um, you know, who we've been, uh, you look behind us and you see love God and love people, and we've talked a lot about that. And it comes from Matthew 20, 22, and I'm going to read it to you, through tw uh, verse 24, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. He said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so as a church, we've taken that verse, and it's said, in, it, it, they use it in Matthew, they use it in Luke, but we've taken those two things, that we need to love God, and we need to love people. And we've kind of structured ourselves around that as a church. That's what, and so we come up with our mission statement. Our mission is Christ, community, and culture. And so when you look at that verse, loving God, loving people, we want the first thing, loving God, we want you to love Christ. And so how we structure that out is we have Sunday morning and we try to teach you about Christ. Um, loving people, this comes in two forms. One is we've got to love each other as Christians. 
And we also need to love the people that are out there that aren't Christians. And so we do what we try to structure is we try to get you in a community group so that you can get together and be in relationship together. And then the thing we want you to do is to serve. And so that culture to serve people. Uh, and as we were a few months ago going through the book of Ephesians, we were looking at the structure of Ephesians. The whole first half of the book is talking about our being and understanding who we are and that we're children of God, that we are adopted, uh, that we are loved unconditionally. And, and out of understanding who we are, we can understand what we are about. And yet, as Mike and I look at this, it's like sometimes we still tend to flip that upside down as though doing the right things uh, or, or looking the part is the focus. You know, like we do Sunday mornings. We come to church. If you do that, then you're a good Christian. Good. I, I hate that term. I really do. Uh, if you are doing a community group, if you are serving somewhere, that's what it looks like. And, and that can sometimes, if we have the wrong focus, be what it becomes about. Uh, we get the doing before the being. So I just want to remind us out of Ephesians what it talks about. Uh, let's go to chapter 2, verse 4, where it says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he may show the immeasurable riches of his glory and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this, not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. Just this reminder that there is a lot done, but it's all done for us. It talks about his immeasurable riches in grace and in mercy, and, and that we get to be recipients of this. And so, just as we continue to look at Scripture and, and have Scripture enlightened to us, we have no doubt that we're called to love God and to love people, to be committed to Christ and, and be in community with one another, uh, to be serving our culture, and yet, we don't want those things of doing uh, to get in place of, of who we are and, and our identity in Christ. And, and as our elders continue to read Scripture, it's just revealed to us a new and a fresh, just a, a really some new truths. And, uh, and I, it, it makes me, I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. Uh, I was telling my daughter a few weeks ago about uh, one of my first loves, and I was like, you know, her name was Audrey, and she was beautiful. And I loved her with the depths of my being. And I said, it was third grade. And, uh, you know, but at that time, what I understood of love, I, I couldn't fathom anything bigger or, or more until, you know, I was get older and met my wife and other things were revealed to me. And I feel like that's what scripture continues to do with our elders is I thought I understood it. And yet he is revealing so much more richness through it. Yeah, we went, I, I've told you this a couple times, but I'll tell you again, the elders back in April went away on an elders retreat, and our, with the idea is, what are we going to do? What are we going to 
do as a church. And so we, we went away and we started talking about that. But we were looking through Scripture and looking at Scripture, what the Scripture had to say. And we, we kept asking ourselves the question, you know, if we took this, and if you had this alone on a deserted island somewhere, and you don't know anything that's happening, you just have this. You've never been, you know, an American to an American church, and you started with the Bible, would you end up with what we have in America as church? And so we kept reading the scripture and reading the scripture and realized that there's so much more being being done in scripture. And so this idea of being in relationship with God, being in relationship with each other, it's a lot deeper than doing stuff. And, and, it, and it starts with a heart. And so this idea that, you know, we, so we started to say we got to be in a deeper relationship with God. We have to be in deeper relationships with each other. So we, the kind of the sermon series kind of matched that. We went through this idea that we need to be disciplined. And we kind of talked about different ways to be disciplined, that we need to be in the Word of God, that we need to be praying, that, you know, some ideas of fasting and solitude and, and meditation, just this idea that you're, you're growing and deepening your relationship with Him. Ephesians continues to remind us in chapter 3 is his prayer as he's wrapping up this uh, part about who we are. Uh, Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you the strength to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ Jesus that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. And the thought of as we're connected to him, as we begin to have our heads wrapped around uh, the fullness of God and, and all that he has planned for us, then through that, the work, uh, the power of, of, of God that is at work through us, will we be able to be in proper perspective in the things that we're supposed to be about? You know, Jesus had, he did the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 of Matthew. He's talking to the people, and he's talking about this idea of, uh, you know, this idea of doing and being. He says, you know, you've heard it said, but I tell you. And in a couple of, um, chapter 5, verse 21, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable for judgment. Then Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And he goes on in verse 27, talking about lust. He says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that everyone who looks with a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery. And so he's taking this idea of what not to do and breaking into who you need to be. And talks about in 31, just a couple more, whoever divorces his wife will let him have a certificate of divorce. He says, but I tell you that everyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality commits uh, commits adultery. And he keeps going on again. He said, you've heard it said that those, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, by the throne of God. And so this idea that he's saying, you know, you, this is what it was. This is what you've heard. He goes, but this is what it means. 
And so this, this is what they were doing. He goes, but this is what I'm bringing to you now. And so this idea that, you know, we've talked about loving God and talking about loving people. And we've said, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to come to church. You need to be a part of the community. You need to serve. But he's taking it a step deeper. And we're talking, we're looking at it going, what do we need to be as a church? What do we need to, what are the things that we need to be focusing on as a church? And that's kind of what God has been revealing to us, the whole, you've heard it said. But now, as Jesus was bringing fulfillment to the Old Testament, he wasn't removing the Old Testament. He was coming to bring light to it and bring fullness to it. And that's, again, what we feel like God is doing in this season uh, for our elders, is bringing another level of fullness. And I, I hope that he has five or six more levels of fullness for us, but maybe we're just ready for this next step. And so in this thought of, of uh, our mission, Christ, community, cause, you know, you've heard it said uh, to have Christ as a focus. And maybe what we've talked about is you've heard it said that you should be here on Sunday mornings. That's what the church in America uh, for the last couple of centuries really has been about. Be involved in a church. Come on Sunday morning. That's your checkbox for Christ that you can come and you can learn and that some guy or, or gal will stand up front and enlighten you to the scriptures even though that's not totally what uh, the totality of what scripture says as the Holy Spirit is able to teach us. And so as we think about this, it's uh, kind of... But I tell you, I tell you that you can learn for yourselves. I tell you that you can uh, decipher scriptures. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to you that you don't need us. You don't need us at all. Like, maybe we shouldn't even have jobs because we could just, no, for real. Like, we could just do this together. The Holy Spirit that we have is the same Holy Spirit that you have as Christ can reveal himself to you through his word and, and through nature. Now, I'm a, I'm a football fan. Uh, I love the Denver Broncos. I'm excited to watch the Denver Broncos decimate the Seahawks today uh, at 115. I don't, I'm actually not so sure that that's going to happen, but it would be nice. Anyway, but that's all I've got. Like, I don't watch a lot of basketball. I don't watch a lot of baseball. And so I'm that guy that, like, I was like, hey, Hey, Mike, hey, Broncos are on today. And Mike's like, it's preseason. I'm like, it's all I got, Mike, okay? I'm excited when there's football on in August because I've waited for months and months for football to come around. You know, I'm, I'm paying attention. It's draft day. This is, the football season has begun. And, uh, and, and I get a little desperate. And sometimes I feel like that's maybe how we become. You know, I, I've heard this statement of, of you know, I, I'm hungry, and which is good for the word. But then I've heard a follow-up statement, and I'm not being fed. You know, waiting from football season to football season is a long time to go when you don't have anything in between. And so I tell you, you don't have to wait for Sunday mornings to be fed, that you can be feeding yourself. And really what we had uh, over the summer was what I see is it was a cooking class. When we went through these different disciplines uh, of how to meditate and how to practice solitude and how to rest in God, how to study your Bible for your head and for your heart, that was a cooking class so that you guys can be 
preparing meals for yourself on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and so that you're coming here as we gather together with things to share and, and not just starving for a new word. And so I guess that's kind of this Christ thing is it's all the time, and it's things that you're able to do for yourself. And so maybe you've heard it said that you need to be here on Sunday mornings and that's your time, but I tell you that, that there is stuff for you every day of the week, and yet let's come together and let's celebrate together on Sundays as well. Uh, James 4, 8 uh, says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God and he will, this is a promise of scripture, he will draw near to you. Relentlessly pursue God and you will find him every time. I, I saw this meme of a cat who got stuck on a minivan, okay? So envision this with me. I didn't get it for you. And the van is going down the highway, okay? And this cat is on top in it. The cat's labeled me. And the minivan is, is labeled the never-ending, overwhelming, reckless love of God. Like, he is there for you. He's got so much more to offer than you ever thought was going to happen. And so hold on for the ride. <laughs> So you've, you've heard it said, he's talking about Christ, and, and, but we're saying be in relationship with them all the time, not just here on Sunday mornings. You've heard it said that, you know, be in a community group, join one, and go and go, th you know, do, go through the sermon notes. But as we've studied the scripture, there a hundred times in the scripture, one another is used. It's actually one Greek word, but it's used a hundred times. And if you go through and read what the one another's are, which are being devoted to one another to spur one another on, to bear with one, bear one another's burdens. That's a tough one. Uh, to submit to one another. And we can be like, I'll submit to you, but I'm not submitting to you. And we get this, we read the scriptures and we kind of pick and choose what we want, but it says to build up one another, to serve one another, to encourage one another. And so when we're looking at our community groups, we're like, uh, I don't think we do that stuff in our community groups very well. Maybe some of you do it well, but at the end of the day, the scripture is talking about we got to be in this deep relationship. We need to be in a deeper relationship. And so as we focus and we look to the future, we're like, we got to do something in our community groups so that so this is not just happening one day a week, but that we're spurring each other on, that we're encouraging each other all week long. It's not just something that, you know, it's not a suggestion. If you look at John 13, 34, and 35, he says, a new command that I have for you is to what? Love one another. And when he's talking about, we, we say, okay, I can love you. I love you. I love you. But when you play out love, lo love looks like all those things I just said to you, that we're submitting and that we're bearing each other's burdens, that we're serving each other. And when I look at our church and I look at our community groups, I'm like, gosh, we got to get to this place where this is happening in our groups that, that are in our, with, with each other. Because it's really, really important that we like each other. It's actually really important that we love each other. Because Jesus says, love one another, and he goes on, he says, as I have loved you. Now, he loved you so much that what did he do? He went to the cross and he died. And then he goes on and tells us the reason we need to do this, the reason we do that is so that those people out there we will know about him. So he's really counting on this a lot. He's counting on us to love each other so deeply that the people out there, the people that don't know him, will be attracted to it and drawn to it. And he tells us in Scripture, if you turn over to 1 John 4, I read this and I'm like, does he really say that? And he does really say it in the Bible. 
Verse 19, he says, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, what's it say? He's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must, must also love his brother. And so we're look, taking a look at this and going, how do we, how do we, how do, we do this? Because a lot of people we just don't like, right? And, and, and so we're looking at it. Go, you've heard it said, you know, be in a, go to a community group. Take part of the community group. But we're saying we need to be in relationship. Uh, the last part is, is culture. And uh, being involved in culture means different things to different people. Uh, being intentional in your workplace or the places that you volunteer, surrounding yourselves with people that you're already uh, around. And so that becomes easy for us, our friends, our family, uh, affinity kinds of groups. If our kids are in sports, we're around other sports parents. Uh, or if we're in theater, we're around other theater people. We're connected to like-minded people. And yet Jesus Jesus looks at this a little bit differently in Luke, and Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it says this, he says, Behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. So a guy looking for the answer of how do I obtain eternal life, going back to this. Love God. Love people. Love your neighbor. Uh, But then he challenges Jesus. not always the greatest idea, but uh, desiring to justify himself, he says to Jesus, then who is my neighbor? Like, I I just want you to give me the answer I already know. Well, your neighbor is the people you work with and the people that live next door to you and your family and the people that are in your uh, different affinity groups like uh, theater or sports. That's your neighbor, but Jesus gives this different answer. And you could read this on your own, this story about Samaritan, a a people that were despised and shunned and stayed away from. And uh, and as he reads it, or as he shares his story, near the end of it says, uh, which of these, Jesus said, of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers and he said the one who showed mercy and Jesus said to him you go and do likewise and so in culture understanding that it's bigger circle than we think and the people that we would stay away from that's our neighbor those are the people that we're called to love and connect um, without them changing their minds or, or their viewpoints and boy this week in the news there's been plenty of things that would divide people and put people on opposite sides of an opinion and none of that matters Jesus is like I don't care uh, what you think about Nike <laughs> love people I want you to care and I want you to connect and I want you to be about uh, loving others that think differently than you do so you've heard it said to be around the people you like but I tell you seek out the people that view the world differently, that come uh, from the other side of the tracks than, than you do. Seek those people out. This morning I had got my shirt off the hanger. Uh, they had a little Nike thing right there. I'm like, uh-oh. Not someone's today. Gonna, someone's going to give me a hard time, so I'm <laughs> not going to wear that one today. So, and he burned it. No, I'm just not kidding. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, we. Uh, so what are we gonna do? What's what? You know, this idea. What? So what's what's it look like? You go back to Acts two. It's the early church starts off, and it talks about the early church and what they did. If you open up to Acts chapter two, verse forty-two, it says, "And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers." Sounds real easy. You've read that verse a hundred times, right? And but this idea of being devoted that they deeply devoted themselves to it. And it says, not only does it says that they devoted, but they says they devoted themselves. They took an interest in it, that they wanted to do it. That they, the first thing it says is that, if you go, uh, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This idea that you're pursuing God, that you're running after God, that you want to be in relationship with him. He said that they devoted themselves to that. Romans 12, 10 also talks about this too. He says, devote yourself one to another. And this idea that we need, we, we need to be in relationship with each other. Uh, to devote it to fellowship and breaking of bread, to community, um, to one another, even if it's uncomfortable for you, even if it's not something that you do naturally. This is what scripture is calling us to do. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this part, but this may be a good, <laughs> oh gosh, Sorry, Mike. Uh, maybe. Um, this may be a good Sunday to be your last Sunday here um, if you're not wanting to be challenged. Because we're, as scriptures revealed to us, we just don't see it like come to church, be in a community, serve somewhere. And, and not that it's about enough or achieving. We already covered that, that we're covered by grace. It's not about what we do. We're not earning our way into this thing. But because of this rich, immeasurable love that's described to us through Scripture and in Ephesians, that the response is life change. The response is to be called to uncomfortable situations. The response is to reach out to people that you don't feel naturally inclined to do. And, and then the last thing that they devoted themselves to here is to prayers. And so we want to ask you to, to devote yourself to prayers. Devote yourself to prayers for this season, for the teaching of the one another. This series called Dream Small. Uh, pray for our leadership, that we would have clarity in where we're going. Pray for each other. I mean, that we are reliant on prayer for each other, that we would be able to see where God has placed us and what God is calling us to. Again, not to earn this love. that the, the love is freely given to us, but in response to that love. And, and prepare yourself maybe for that ride and you're the cat on the van. Um, that's how I feel sometimes in our elders' meetings that we're asking things that are hard, and I've been doing this Christian thing a long time, and, and yet as, as it's revealed afresh and anew to us, um, we're, we're having to hold on for the ride. And it's not easy. We, we've committed, elders, we've committed ourselves to trying to be more devoted to each other. I mean, we typically are devoted to a meeting once a week at 5, five o'clock in the morning, but the idea of that, that we're in relationship with each other, that we know more than just a face that we see at 5 a.m., but that we know what's going on in each other's lives, that we're devoted to, to talk, we're, we've devoted ourselves to calling each other once a week outside of the meeting. We devoted ourselves to asking each other, how are you doing? How are you, how's your time with God? What are you learning this week in the scriptures? What do you need to be prayed for about? Um, how's your family doing? And, and trying to, to connect on a deeper level. Because when we're reading the scriptures, 
because it's not about a meeting. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with God. It's about a relationship with each other. And we've done this thing this way a long, long, long time. And I'm at the church, the, coming to church on Sunday and say, and we feel good about it. But if you read the scriptures, you can't feel good about just sitting here on Sunday mornings and not being it the rest of the week because it says that we need to be devoted to each other. He new command that I give you is that we need to love each other. When he said love, it's not just this fluffy feeling. When he describes love throughout Scripture, it's deeply committed to, to one another and taking care of one another and, and spurring each other. And so as we look into this new season, one of the things is you're sitting here, we're like, we, we want you to get in a community group. We want you to be in relationships with other people. And, you know, we were watching this video yesterday. Some of the leaders were, and the guy said, pastors in America, maybe they should be sued for malpractice. Because we take the scriptures and we just continue to do the way we've always done it, but we read scripture and we read it somewhat differently. And I've been convicted of this for years. And I, I was listening to that and I started crying because it's like, you know, I, I perpetuate this. Are we going to follow the scripture or are we going to follow the way they always did it? And I, I think I've said this illustration a hundred times, but, you know, the, the old illustration of the, the daughter that calls her mother and asks mom, you know, her husband was giving her a hard time because she would cut the ends off the ham. And she says, Mom, why do we, we cut the ends off? You have to cut the ends off the ham, right? And she says, she goes, no, we cut the ends off the ham because it doesn't have a pan big enough. And, and so we can, you know, we, we do certain things because it's always been done that way. And we got to go, we're saying, let's go back to Scripture. What does the Scripture have to say? What did the church look like? And let's follow that. I can tell you, I, read, I was done a study through the, the kings, and first king and second king and all the Old Testament. And when I went through and studied, the kings that had trouble didn't follow the law of the Lord. The kings that succeeded, what did they do? They followed the law of the Lord. It's really, really simple. If you follow what the Bible says, life was good for that, the king. If they didn't follow what God said, it wasn't good for them. And for us, I'm looking at Scripture going, I want to be a church that follows the Scripture. I want to be a part of a people that's committed to each other to follow what the Bible has to say. You know, I guess I'd say that we want to open it up to you, too. The Holy Spirit's revealing God's Word to you. And so if you see that we're not lining up with Scripture, call us. Email us. Come and sit. Actually, come come and take me out for a cup of coffee uh, and, and challenge me. We might have a lot of appointments. That's, we may. We may have our appointments. But, you know, this isn't. we don't have a corner on this thing. It's not just pastors and elders who are going to tell us all how this should go down. We're, we're wanting to be open to you guys and what you're seeing and what you're reading and how the Holy Spirit's talking to you and revealing this to you. And so let's have conversations. Let's talk. Let's hear each other's stories and, um, and tackle this thing together. Well, we're going to do communion right now, so the band would come and the servers would go uh, get the communion prepared. We'll do communion a little bit differently today. Um, we're going to 